What's going on, football fans? Me, J.R. Clark, back again with another Pound for Pound ATL Live. Joined, as always, by my main man, Jonathan. What's going on, John? You might want to unmute your mic, brother. Rookie mistake. Sorry about that. <laughs> I am doing great. Once I have it unmuted, then I'm, I'm doing fantastic now. That is a uh, that's an essential part of being able to do a video audio you know type podcast. That you are correct. <laughs> How's your week you been tricking you, my man? Uh it's been good so far. Uh mm-hmm. work hasn't been too crazy and uh you know things are heating up in, in a lot of ways. You had the divisional round stuff and right. uh you know it's just been a good week so far. It has been. The di- divisional round was a really interesting one, which we're gonna dive into. I mean, you got you know, Dak's potential meltdown, uh, Burroughs like cementing himself as like definitely QB two of the league, if maybe arguments for QB one, depending on how this next week goes. And yeah, man, it's just a lot of things to dive into. So I guess without further ado, might as well just get into it. All right, so here we are, divisional round in the books. We now know who is going into the AFC and NFC championship game. Um, You have the legend of Brock Purdy continuing to uh, build and thrive. You have, uh, you know, what looks to be the um, juggernaut of Philadelphia just continuing to roll. Um, And then on the other side, like, we really start to have to ask questions about like, is Josh Allen like the next Philip Rivers? Like, if we're going to point and say that, uh, you know, Mahomes and Burrow might be this generation's Brady Manning, does that then make Josh Allen like Philip Rivers? Awesome. Now, I heard somebody say that I can't take credit for that. And I'm not going to yeah. take credit for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's you know, it's a deal where like, I heard that on a, like a little snippet of a podcast and I was like, dude, that is, that is a, a legitimate question to ask. I mean, all those years, you know, Phillip rivers like had great teams, had, you know, good talent, but then, you know, you had the teams that were constantly banged up and injured and they just could never get it done in the playoffs. And now yep. here you have again, two years in a row, Josh Allen getting knocked out in the divisional round. Uh, by yep. the Bengals, but no, no, the year before it was the uh, Chiefs, but still, yeah, like he's left now looking up at Mahomes and at Burrow, going, like, what I got to do to to top those guys? Yeah, he um, <clears throat> needs to not play as much hero ball. To be completely right. honest, uh, I mean, he needs. I saw this. Uh, you know, I was watching one of the like a post game, some analysis of the game or whatever. And uh, what you saw was uh, you saw Josh Allen, like constantly looking down the field, which is fine, but he's looking deep. He want he always wants to go deep and he doesn't want to settle. Right. Um, unless he absolutely has to. Uh, but he will do everything in his power to try to make the big play every single play. And while, you know, that can work against a lot of teams, you know, you get to this stage of the game, you know, 
you got to be like Burrow. Burrow will he can hit you deep. I mean, he's right. got he obviously got the 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 weapons. He's got the chases and the yeah. uh, you know he's he's got all those guys. But I mean, that man he'll sit there and five and six yard dink and dunk you down the field if he has to. Mm-hmm. He's he is calm, cool, collected. Uh, and will literally, you know, essentially he, he will slit your throat an inch at a time. Yeah. You know, right. he will, he will just, he will do it as methodical as he needs to be. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, like King is, you know, kind of putting that up there already. He says, no, Josh Allen is way better. He just needs more weapons on offense. And Bengals is just one of them teams that got a couple teams number. I think they will beat KC again. Also, uh, SB will be Bengals and Philly. Yeah, that's going to be the thing is like, you know, you, you start to sit there and look at, at uh, you know, look at the Bills, like outside of, you know, Stephon Diggs, what do they really have? You know, Gabriel Davis, uh, Dawson Knox. They don't really have much of a run game uh, to speak of, which I'm kind of like interested in. You talk about like playing hero ball. They drafted James Cook. Like mm-hmm. he should be that safety valve, that dump off, you know, that. Uh, he should. You know, and, and they just didn't use him that way this year. So it'd be interesting to see, like, is that just the new OC thing kind of like still working itself out? First year, not under Brian Dab- uh, Dable, uh, who really like unlocked the potential of uh, Josh Allen. So, mm-hmm. like, does it take a little bit of like honeymoon period? Um, don't like little little soon on this, Willie. I appreciate the two dollar tip. He's he's got his uh, thank you, Willie. And followers. I'm gonna come back. Bah, 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 to bah, 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 bah. <laughs> I'm gonna come back to that uh, when we transition into that into that segment because the ballers and followers has definitely been brought to you by Willie Doc. Um, Demetrius uh, Moss tipped us five dollars, which we appreciate. Thank and you, he, Demetrius, sir. <laughs> he added this. He says, "Hello, everyone. Been a minute for me to catch a live stream. Uh, peak uh, peak is finally over at FedEx. Oh yeah, I would imagine. Uh, Happy New Year and God bless you all. Same to you, sir. Uh, hope is all is well. Uh, you and my fa- my you and the family, my fellow driver Jr. Dude, all is going swimmingly here. I'm glad to to see that you're able to get your head above uh." above water as far as like the busy season being done we're gonna we're gonna have to talk to uh arthur smith get him to you know put it get in his dad's ear and be like demetrius moss got he's gotta have that time for the live stream man that's right gotta have it if not we at least gotta get him some tickets to the game or something like like we got that (laughs) if i find myself in that you know scenario to where i could say something i may have you know i'll try to drop a drop an ear (laughs) anyway but back to this, like, like Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and Burrow talk. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, like Burrow has all the weapons, you know, as far as uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and uh, they got um, Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan running the ball. Uh, now their offensive line has been hurt uh, it down really the stretch, good. but but. With that being said, like the Bills couldn't generate pass rush whatsoever, mm-hmm. which is interesting because, like, some guys that we wanted a couple years past in the pass rush department, you know, Gregory Russo and AJ Epinesa, both of those guys are on the Bills line. And mm-hmm. when Vaughn Miller <clears throat> went down, like that changed the entire complexity of that uh that defensive line. 
Yeah. Uh, so that's well, and what's what, what's crazy though is that like they brought back a lot of guys on that defense from last year, and that defense before they had Von Miller last year, they were they were ferocious. They got mm-hmm. after guys, uh, Russo, Epineza, those guys. They got after guys last year. Uh, and the year before that, you know, they've had like a but you know, a few of those guys have been around for the past three seasons now, right? And they've and they've been able to do it. And then this year, yeah, they get uh, Von Miller, uh, and he he was great. Uh, he was he was more their closer. Right. He was the guy. You know, he didn't necessarily like dominate entire games, maybe like he did sometimes in his past. Uh, but what he did do was he would come in in the fourth quarter. <laughs> when you needed to stop, you needed big plays. He was able to make those plays and get you sacks and get you off the field. Whereas maybe some of the guys this time around just didn't have it. And the problem is if you, you know, if you don't get those guys on the ground enough, uh, especially Burrow and Mahomes, man, that they're just going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, have you, you uh, have you seen that clip where it's Burrow talking and he's talking about the, He's talking about getting sacked seven times in a Super Bowl. Mm -mm. And, you know, he was just like, dude, sacks don't even bother me. And he's like, he goes, he's like, he goes, the only time a sack bothers me is if I'm, you know, if we're close enough for a field goal and we're, and we need the points. He said, other than that, he goes, I don't really care. He's like, you're talking about like, I'm going to try to extend the play as long as I can to get that first down, you know? And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's an interesting to hear that coming from, you know, coming from a QB. Uh, yeah, you know, because a lot of times as fans, you know, especially when we're looking at you know the defensive line, like like that's our hallmark of how good is this defensive line? How often can you get the the quarterback on the ground? And here you have one of the better quarterbacks in the league saying it don't even bother him. Like yeah, he he's going to extend, he's going to do what he can to get his, you know, to get that first you know first down. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was a, a an interesting perspective coming from him. Yeah, I'll take, look, I'll take sacks all day long uh, because, yes, does it, does Joe Burrow care about it? Uh, Does, does it affect him? Yes, no, who knows, really? I mean, he could be saying, he could just be saying it to say it, you know, to to, to look tough, whatever. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, more sacks, you know, against the vast majority of the league, you're going to speed up a guy's clock. You're going to make the guy have to go quicker and make decisions right. quicker. And not everybody can do that. So you're going to win more times than not. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but to, to that point, what you need to do to Joe Burrow is you, for one, you just got to cover his guys at, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying cover them for the entire play. If it runs five, six seconds, but you gotta, you have to make sure he can't just one read, maybe even two read, and let go of the ball. He's got to get, you got to make him go through all of his progressions. Uh, and you know, if he gets to that fourth guy, third or fourth guy, maybe even fifth guy, if he gets there uh, and he makes a play on you, okay, tip your hat. They have right. the protection, all that stuff. But you got, you got to make sure that he can't just drop back, let it go after three seconds. Or at least he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to have to. You know, <laughs> exactly. If you, make, if you if you force him to get that ball out quicker, and you force him to have to make those uh, throws under duress instead of sitting back there, 
eating a Patty sandwich. Cake yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. <laughs> making a sandwich back there. No doubt. Like, I agree that, like, you'd still I ain't saying that you shouldn't be trying for sacks. I just thought it was an interesting, uh, interesting oh, yeah. take. Uh, we got two back to back here with Fred Buzz says, uh, the Falcons' trade rumors are heating up. If that happens, it'll set the uh, team back 20 years. Stick with Ritter. I, I understand the sentiment. Like, I really do. I don't think it'll be 20 years. I'll, I'll give no. you the exaggeration on that. But uh, I do understand the sentiment. But I'm also kind of to the point where, like, I, tr I, I trust the team until they prove me otherwise. And right now, uh, this regime hasn't, you know, you know, made a colossal mistake yet you know for me to really uh be looking sideways at somebody um wound sets it up with uh as always another five dollars we appreciate it Dave. he says rise up pound for pound family glad uh to be here as usual new rivalry let's go that's right i think i think this is one that's building for you know years to come with with mahomes and with burrow uh especially mm -hmm. especially if you know, Burrow goes in there this weekend in the Arrowhead and beats Mahomes, even well, if it is a hobbled Mahomes. Like, yeah. that would well, make well, four times in a row. Can you call it a rivalry then? Well, I mean, I mean what I'm talking about, like, <laughs> like how all, like they called they called Brady and Manning a rivalry, and, and it was very lopsided to Brady, uh, especially when games that mattered, uh, you know, as far as, like, playoff-type type situations. So, uh I think the the idea of like you know Patrick's already been an MVP, uh, won the Super Bowl, like he's like the the Brady figure so to speak, and and you know Burrow, oh, you know beating him three to four times, it'd be interesting to see like how that narrative would go forward. Um, you know, King says uh, Burrow has really faced a lot in a short amount of time being in the league. I think Burrow. Uh, has faced it all. the uh, The kid is uh, fearless. He likes to, He's like a mix of Steve Young and Rogers to me. He definitely has a you know that cool demeanor. Yeah, and look, you know they're having a really good. They had a really good season last year. <laughs> they're having a really good. They started off rough. Everybody wanted to run Zach Taylor out of the building. Yep. Um, yep. and then you know then they caught fire. They got better. Um. They haven't really had to uh, play. They've had to play without offensive line guys, but they haven't really had to play without uh, a good majority of their their skilled players right, on, the, yeah. on the outside. So, like Jamar Chase, uh, I know he, was he, was he injured earlier in the year, or he was uh, he was injured for a little bit. He's he's missed a few games. I think the past two years. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, but if you, you have T Higgins, you know. Yeah, but uh, but also, I mean, like if he, if it was, I can't remember when it was, but if it was earlier in the year when they were struggling, I mean, look, Jamar Chase, uh, that kind of guy with the kind of usage he gets, he's probably going to be injured at some points during his career. Uh, you know, when when you don't have that guy to throw to all the time. And now, yes, you do have T. Higgins, but T. Higgins without Jamar, it's the same way the other way. You lose T. Higgins, now Jamar Chase, yes, he's a great guy, but if you don't have that other guy on the other side to draw some of that stuff uh, and make it uh, really tough to defend, then, you know, does he, uh, you know, does he look like the Burrow that we see right now? Right. Don't know. 
Yeah, know can, for sure. you know, can he keep it going? And that that'll be the thing going forward. Um, yeah. you know, Blizz 118 is talking about uh tank for USC's Caleb Williams. Um, I don't know, man. I'll say this about Caleb Williams. As much as I think his play is impressive on the field, um, you know, some of the things that, that people talked about with, you know, Zach Wilson as far as being like, um, you know, given everything, so to speak, like, you know, his parents have set him up for success, uh, you know, and, and I think that's great, you know, but talking about like from a young age, having like a, a sports psychiatrist and, you know, visiting the, you know, the best of the best all the time. I'm like, okay, well, what happens when he faces adversity? You know, what happens yep. when it isn't going his way? Is he able to respond? Like, and I know this is going to sound extremely old school of me. Uh, you know, you can probably find some gray hairs in this beard. Uh, but a guy who, yeah, a guy who paints, uh, you know, F Utah on his fingernails and then goes out and loses to Utah. Like that just, that don't sit well with me. I, I can't, I don't know how else to say it. You know, I know, I know that that's like, not 2023-ish, but still, it's like, I, like I, I, I like it because of like the the attitude that 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 you're that you're exhibiting. Uh, but I can I can absolutely understand somebody looking at it and being like, really, and then you're right. gonna go out and lose. Right. Uh, but but that's the that's the the great thing about football is it doesn't matter who you are, uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You can lose every single Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever, if you don't go out and play your best game, uh, you know, or even sometimes you do go out and play your best game and the other guy's just better. Like yep. you, you can't, you can't worry about that. But I, I, I want to say this for uh, this is specifically not, not just specifically to blizz eight one eight, but like people that, that bring those things up. Like I don't ever want to tank. No, I want I want to, because you tank and you see like the teams that tank, especially in the NFL, maybe NBA different matter because NBA, you get the one guy, you get your LeBron, you get your, your Kobe, you get your Jordan, you get, you know, you get the one guy, the, the, uh, Luka Doncic, you know, you get Mm -hmm. your one guy and now you're, you're, you're literally almost can, punch your ticket to the Eastern Western conference final. Uh, and you know, you're like right there at the cusp of right. being in, in the championship. So NBA is totally different tanking, whatever. Uh, I'm not as big. I'm not a huge, huge, huge NBA fan. The NFL tanking doesn't do anything other than now guys talk about it in, you know, first of all, I don't actually think it happens. Uh, if it does, it's completely being sabotaged by, upper upper management and those right. guys if that if that does happen those guys know about it uh and they all talk to people around the league mm-hmm. and then you know what happens when you have the money like we do uh and we want to go out and get uh, uh free agents right then those you guys got, are they yep. they're like you, you want to come into this loser <laughs> franchise right now yeah the yep. money's good but man you you better get used to losing because that's all they like to do and, and that's the that's the deal, like you know, we're out of your falcon mind saying no tanking, no, no, not tanking. Arthur's not trying to lose his job. This is no. a win now business, like straight up yes. and down. This is a win now. Like we repeatedly see coaches get fired after a year uh, of being somewhere. So, like, yeah, 
it's it's definitely a a win now job. But I think that you know that segues us in pretty good to uh, our everybody's favorite segment that is sponsored by Willie Doc, um, the the Ballers and Fallers segment. Let's see if I can do this uh, correctly here. Let's see. We're going. Bam. All right. Now, Ballers and Fallers is brought to you, as as always, by Willie Doc. I say as always because he tends to to give us a tip on that one. And, and this week's uh, Ballers and Fallers is very much playoff-centered, playoff-fiend. Uh, uh, you know, and right. as you could probably figure, our baller is one Joe Burrow because, yep. I mean, dude just played out of his mind. You know, and, not, and, and just, like, I really feel like he took the whole concept of – selling tickets to the Bills, you know, Chiefs, AFC Championship game here in Atlanta, really felt like he took that stuff personal. <laughs> and it felt like that whole team took that personal. And they yep. just like they weren't going to lose going into, you know, into Buffalo, um, which we have just, you know, spent, you know, 20-something minutes talking about his play up there. And, like, they were in control of that game from, from jump. Like, like Buffalo was bewildered and like just never really seemed to be in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really like, I, uh, we talked about this uh, a few days ago, like right after the game, uh, it just never, it just never felt like Buffalo was, (laughs) it felt like they were getting blown out. Like the Eagles blow, blew out the giants. Right. Like when you're sitting watching that game, that's exactly what it felt like. It just never felt like Buffalo was in it. Yep. Um, no, I completely I agree. It, it like it never felt like Buffalo was able to get into a nope. rhythm. Uh, their defense looked overwhelmed and bewildered the entire time, uh, and like Burrow was just dialed in and he was on it. And yep. so, for uh, this week, he gets our Baller Award. Yes, now, he does. On to the dreaded Faller Award that nobody wants. I have to send somebody a folly at the end of the. Uh, season or whatever i don't know anyway (laughs) (laughs) our follower is good old dak prescott and the leader and face of america's team uh my god he he plays for the braves now (laughs) there it is when did this happen yeah because man he like the cowboys with all the firepower that they have on defense i know that you know, you can make an argument that he isn't playing with a ton. He's got CD Lamb. They picked up T.Y. Hilton. You know, you you but you're you're making the franchise money. You know, you're you're making oh, yeah. that you had that that label, uh, you know, that franchise uh quarterback. And when it when it matters and when it counts, you throw picks and you make yeah. bad decisions. Um and you know, like there's a the Telestrator play with Dan Orlovsky, uh, you know, when he threw down the middle to CD Lamb, and you know, yep. T.Y. Hilton had a football field right. worth of grass in front of him. Yeah, and you, you, when you're making that kind of money, you, you got, you know, uh, you've got to know who Warner is. You, right. you know, you're you're staring at Warner race back, just hauling butt. To, to catch up to Lamb, which he does, but he <laughs> but, and and because of that, he's leaving, like you said, a vacating worth of green. Right before Dak even sets to throw, Warner's back is to him. Yeah, like straight up and, and down. Yeah, and that and, and that should tell that should be 
the read. That should be the key. Like when Dak sees that, it should be blatant simple. I have to hit T.Y. Yep. And my what what like for all the accolades that you can heap on Brock Purdy and all the stuff that you can look at and go, see, that's why evaluating the quarterbacks, the hard position, da da da. Then you have a case like a Dak Prescott that you know doesn't bode well for the not first round pick. You know, because all the guys who are not first round picks haven't really been making much noise as of late, you know, as of these last few years. Every time Kirk Cousins sniffs the playoffs, they, you know, they don't make it very far. Or, you know, then you got, uh, you know, Derek Carr who can't get into the playoffs. And like, it's not just them, but when you start having these discussions about, you know, upgrading at quarterback, you know, us here in Atlanta with Ritter, you know, as of right now, like when you have start having these conversations about upgrading it at quarterback, then it is, you know, you point to the case of Joe Burrow and then you point yeah. to the case of Dak Prescott, you know, and it makes it real easy to understand why, you know, the fan base and people want to like go after a Lamar Jackson. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it makes total sense to me. Like, I don't yeah. blame anybody for thinking that that's where the, uh, you know, the fan, you know, the team should go. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well, and, and it's just, you know, you, if you're going to pay the man that kind of money, he can't be the kind of, you know, granted, maybe this is an off year. I mean, he's, he's, he's been okay. Uh, but I mean, apparently Zeke is now fullback. So oh, you can't... that or a center. Like and they turn him like, into a center too. Right. Like you, you got Zeke who you're paying all this money. I just put that comment up. Joseph says the followers Cowboys OC for putting Zeke at center on the final play. And somebody yep. else says, Millie Mills says, uh, you got to add Zeke to the followers list. JR. It, it, he is on that followers list because like, like when he come out and said that he'd be willing to take less money to stay, he knows what he is. Yep. Like, He's not the same Zeke. I said that when he first came in the league, I remember asking the question, is it Zeke or is it that offensive line? Offensive line. Right, because that offensive line, when the first two years Zeke was in the league, like I'm pretty sure I could have run behind it. He was running through wide open holes. Yep. And so now you start getting a little bit older, gets dinged up, and now, like you said, Tony Pollard is is definitely the explosive back. And when oh, yeah. he went down, that took all explosion out of their game plan. Yep. You know, because Michael Walker has like Zeke has uh, knees or shot. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that's so how long has he been in the league now? Four years, maybe five years, maybe. Okay. Five years. That's about the lifespan of, of the average running back in the NFL. That's why so. you don't. That's why you don't pay a running back. I hate it. I hate to say that. And that's why I don't want a predominantly running quarterback. Like those two things are synonymous to me. I want a like, scrambling quarterback. Right. I want, I want a quarter, I want an athletic quarterback who can extend plays yep. and who can make something out of nothing when he needs to. I don't want a quarterback that looks to run first. I don't nope. know how else to explain that. You know, I don't want a quarterback who 
one read and go because no. the one read and go guy is going to have a shortened lifespan in the NFL. There's just no two ways about it. Like whether when, regardless of whatever ends up happening at, uh, you know, up there with Baltimore and Lamar, there's a reason why they moved on from Greg Roman. Greg Roman wants his quarterback to run like that. And like quarterbacks know like that ain't, that's not a longevity. That's not sustaining. You can do that for a year or two, but you can't do that. You know, all day, you know, every year, year in and year out and expect to, end up with a, you know, expect to end up being in your mid-30s playing quarterback in the NFL. And so that's, yeah, definitely there. Um, let's see. Um, I'm trying to catch up with any of these, uh, any of these, any of these folks' uh, comments. Nothing, okay, nothing, everything's good there. D- Willie, what are you talking about? Devontae Freeman. I what? think he's talking about like lifespan. Because when I said oh, you don't pay oh, a running back, oh, like okay, when he's yeah, saying yeah. Devonte Freeman, anyone, like you yep. don't pay a running back, you know. Yeah, I no. think, uh, I think that's more or less what what he meant there. Because, you know, you paid Freeman, and he wasn't the same like going forward at all. The pro the so the problem the problem is you <laughs> you had running backs kind of going out of style for a bit. Then you had Adrian Peterson show up, and he was the ab- abnormality. Like, he was the exception to the rule. That dude ran and ran and was the best back on the field for years. Right. Uh, had an ACL, came back, still was the best. Yep. You know, and came back super quick, all this other stuff. That happened. Uh, so then people started buying up uh, running backs. Then it kind of died down again. Then Derrick Henry shows up, and he's that, again – He's that not the the norm guy, um, yep. and and now he's you know and and he's looking like he's going to be kind of in the Adrian maybe not quite as like eye popping numbers uh, mm-hmm. like Adrian Peterson, but longevity of, of but life, long, yeah, but longevity he he seems to be like he's going to you know maybe not fall off quite so quick and hard as most running backs will, and so <laughs> when that happens, now all of a sudden you got guys, and then you had Zeke show up. And all those guys, and it's like, oh, it's the the age of the running back again. Yeah, resurgent Saquon and Zeke, and, and then, yeah, I, I think know. it's still very much like running back by committee. Like I, as much as I'm loving Tyler Algier, like if we keep using him like him like this, like we did this past year, like four years tops, five years maybe, yeah. and yeah. that's why I say, like, legitimately, if I'm in charge of an NFL team. Fourth, fifth, sixth round every year. I'm drafting a running back. Like I'm, that you just might as well pencil it in. I'm going to yep. draft a back because you know you're one injury away from running a practice squad guy out there. So, like I would just do it on a regular basis. You know, uh, in my <laughs> opinion, Millie Mills brings up you know uh, Gurley, Ty Gurley. Yeah, exactly. You got wore down. Yep. Like that's just, you know, <laughs> Bradley says, uh, sorry for showing up late, long day at work. Uh, good hey, that's all right, Bradley. Hey, it's all good, bro. We're just glad you're here. I'm just glad you are here. I want to uh, respond to MJ here. What you got? Okay. No. <laughs> no, I don't like that. No. no, 
I don't I don't like Bryce Young, uh, not because I don't think the guy has talent. He does. Problem is, he's going to last like five years in the league. Right. Uh, and, then, and he's going to be injured all the time. Uh, if he's not, hey, I'll eat crow on that. Right. Uh, but Bryce Young's just too he, – he's too – like there was I'm, literally a pick of um, – who was it? Uh, Justin Fields, who's not, right. a, a, not a tall guy. Okay, he's a little bit stouter. Yeah, I must say he's but like two thirty. He's you know he's yeah. a pretty. I think he's like he just, six two, ain't he? Uh, maybe of that nature. Uh, maybe it was somebody else then, because I, I want to say the person they were they were showing him, uh, uh, him next to was like five eleven, mm-hmm. and this dude was like another at least inch or two shorter than that. Well, that's might, the have, deal, might like, have been might have been Tua. Well, it might have been Tua. It might have been Tua, or it might have been. There's a picture floating around on Twitter of him next to Nick Saban. No, it and, wasn't that, but but I do I do remember that one. Yes. But either way, like I agree, like I'm really I'm going to be extremely interested to see what his measurables at the combine come in at, because that's gonna yeah. that's gonna end. Like if you if you got that guy, like his poise and all this other stuff is is what you're you know what you're drafting. But yeah, I, I think it's a you know potentially a you know Blizz says. You know, young equals two a two point and I think there's a good, good argument again, there. Now, now Stroud, again, I, I, the the pro, the the difference between two and young, two like has some beef on him, like two two is yeah, uh, not, he, a little not bit, <laughs> but but he but he's he is a yeah I think he's at least two hundred. Like right. I want to say Bryce Young is something like one eighty five. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be interesting to see what his. <clears> uh, you know, what his measurables at the combine come in at. Now, C.J. Stroud, like, he gives you a lot of what you want as far as, like, arm talent, uh, like, especially if you're if you're looking at the uh, championship game against Georgia. Uh, you know, that was, like, his best game ever played yeah. uh, against a good defense. So, I mean, you know, it was – like something that you can definitely, you can point at that game and go, see, I told you you can do it. Uh, you know, and he was doing everything you want to in that game. It's just, it's going to be the question of like, when you look back through his tape, is it consistently there? Um, like there were times that he didn't necessarily want to run the ball, or at least it didn't look like he wanted to run the ball. Um, I don't know if those are business decisions. And then if you ask yourself, do you want a, a guy who is making business decisions like when you're trying to win games? So those are the things like, but as far as like talent goes, you know, Stroud got the talent. Now I I'll say this. I agree with you as far as do you want a guy who's making business decisions when you're trying to make, when, when you're trying to win a game? Uh, I'll say this. If you're the guy like CJ Stroud and you're in college while things are better now with like NIL as far as guys making money and all this other stuff. So it's not like they, you know, potentially leave out, you know, completely broke coming out of college again, depending on how they, how they do with that money that what they do. But he's also looking at it from a perspective of, you know, if I get super duper injured, that's millions of dollars that I'm leaving on the table. Now, doesn't mean he that can't also happen in the NFL when it's like contract year and all that jazz. But but even even in this day and age, if you're a top ten pick, you're making millions of dollars day one. 
Hmm. Um, True. So, so, so you're you're gonna you're gonna make as much you're gonna make way more money than you're probably gonna make in an nil deal deal the day you get drafted if you're that high. Right. So I don't I don't necessarily I can see where he's coming from. He's like trying to protect the investment, trying to protect the the business by not doing that. But again, I agree with you. Like, show me that you you're like I will do what is necessary for this team to win. Um, so yeah, no, yeah, and, and I think like in a lot of ways, like I said, that I hate to just like hang it on one game, but that Georgia game. I actually changed a changed a lot of my opinion on CJ Stroud because like he was doing everything he was willing himself he was willing that team to win and yep. they, like especially when Marvin Harrison went down like I, that that game like I said changed a, a major opinion of mine on Stroud um, so I don't know if I'd pull the trigger on him but I'll tell you this I wouldn't be mad if they did. At eight, yeah, I don't think he's an Arthur Smith kind of guy. Just throwing that out there, like the vibes or whatever. But, um, like I, I do think that that if he's there, I would not be upset. Willie Doc just tipped ten dollars, <laughs> which we very much appreciate. He said, "Uh, truck thought on the fly. What is one thing Arthur Smith and Fontenot should take away uh, from the winners and losers of the divisional round?" Uh, what what could they learn, you know, to make the Falcons better? That's a really really good question. Like I would ima- I would say, like if you're taking anything from the Bengals, it's like you follow that blueprint. And what I mean and what I mean by that is, like the Bengals defense was built through free agency. They got you know Trey Hendricks, and uh, even though he's not the greatest one out there, but Eli Apple and and. Uh, that defensive line. There was another a couple pieces that they that they added to that defensive line through free agency, and then you know offensively, like you built that like through the draft. Like you tried to, you did what you could to like rework your trenches. Like you worked your trenches through free agency, and you got your explosive skill guys in the draft. And yep. like that's something that I could take. Like like taking something from you know KC, try to find a freak of nature like Patrick Mahomes, you know, try to find an alien. That would be helpful. I mean, we got it. We got one in Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, some, you know, he didn't quite right. show it this year, but I, I absolutely agree. Like, you know, the, the trenches is the hardest thing, especially on offense defense, maybe not quite so much, but on offense, it's, that is like the hardest one of the hardest besides maybe quarterback. But that is probably one of the hardest transitions from college to the pros is an offensive line. Uh, things happen so much quicker. Everybody's so much stronger. Uh, the thing, everything is so much more complex. Uh, you know, everything like when the line is doing what it's supposed to do, it, it's almost like a ballet. Like everybody's in their spots where they're supposed to be at the time they're supposed to be in it. Right. And uh, so building up the offensive line. Now, obviously you can't have all free agent guys along the lines because that's going to, that's going to blow out your cap, but you try to find like the cornerstone guys, or you try to find the most impactful guys (laughs) and in free agency uh, on both sides of that line. uh, Because you want the guys that have the experience. They've been in the league. They know what it's like to be across from those guys on the defense. 
They understand the complexities that go into the offense. You don't have to coach that up right? Uh, like you do for rookies. Now, I saw something about uh, 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 McGarry where somebody was like, you know, okay, yeah, he had a good year this year, but, you know, he also had bad years before. Do we take the bad years as that's what he was and this is the outlier, or was he a rookie trying to figure it out in the NFL that it finally clicked for, and this is who he is? Yeah, right. I, I'll uh, say this, you know, with about McGarry, and I ain't gonna spend like a ton of time on just him, not yet anyway. Uh, well, about McGarry, he seems to be way better in the run game than he is the pass oh, yeah. game, and if that's what we're going to lean on, and we're going to be able to hide his deficiencies with a quarterback that can move, you know, can roll, and all this other jazz, yeah. then like. You know, I am all for actually bringing McGarry back. There's a guy that we that I talked to quite a bit on Twitter who has the the opinion that uh, offensive linemen get better with age. They're like, you know, they're like a fine wine. You know, as you say, like you're coming from college to the NFL. In college, pass rushers for the most part just try to run around you or run through you. Well, now in the NFL, you got guys who are literally setting you up. You know, they're yep. going Euro step, Euro step, Euro step, like long arm, you know, and they, they hit you this, like they are hitting you with different plans and combinations of, of moves that you probably ain't never seen. So mm-hmm. it takes you a little while to see all that. And I will say this as McGarry greatly improved in the run game, he still worries me with his pass protection. There were still yeah. plenty of times this past season. So, what I'm getting at is if they let McGarry walk, I'm not going to be upset. But again, if they bring McGarry back, I'm like, yes, I completely understand, you know, uh, yeah. what you're, what you're doing there. Cause you want to build that continuity. How many runs did you see come off of that right side of that line? You know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm on tag. Like he's <laughs> tagged McGarry. I I absolutely believe that, you know, like That's, you tag him. I think we've said it before you tag him. Can you do it again? Right. Show me yep. you can do it again, and then we'll then, talk long term. Because uh, this is the thing where, like, you know, we don't have to be afraid of the money this year. No, like we really don't. And like uh, Demetrius up here says, you know, get get Payne, Jesse Bates, and the cornerback from Seattle. I don't know who you're referring to on the Seattle guy, at least not yet. The guy but, I'm thinking of, real quick, as far as CB. If we're gonna go, I, I agree. Get Payne, get Bates, CB. Guy that I've seen his name pop up, uh, I think it's Byron Murphy. Yeah, Byron uh, Murphy is a guy. Cardinals. Uh, or even uh, Bradbury uh, from Philly if if he doesn't get re-signed. But, yeah. again, like, you can one or two pieces on the defense changes the complexity of this defense. Yep. Like, you bring back a few guys and then you get, you know, uh, you know a couple pieces on defense and then we could really – change the way it looks. Nick says, uh, get a vet center. That's like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like watching, I know what I just said about offensive linemen aging, like fine wine or whatever, but they can also curdle like milk yep. and watching drew Dahlman bowl the freaking ball back to the quarterback more times than not was not what I was liking. Um, King seven says, uh, what do you guys think about the TCU wide receiver? Uh, could be a good match with Pitts in London. He's like six, four and his footwork is crazy. And he's a uh, nice build and dangerous trio. That's like, like, 
Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I you, like him. I just don't know. I don't know if we I don't know if we go with him at eight again, like go right. wide receiver again two years in a row and pass catchers three years in a row. Yeah. Uh I like the guy. I just don't know if but if we were to not pick him in the first round, is he gonna be there in the second? Probably not. Probably and if he's not there, then then you know the, there's the, a there's uh me and Jonathan are gonna put together uh, put out a video on Friday because we're about to embark on the all-star game season. And uh as many of y'all know, I'll be heading down to uh, Mobile to cover the senior bowl next week. And uh so we're gonna be, like put out a video of some names, you know, for some of y'all to like watch out for names to that we're excited to go see. And I'll go ahead and give you one of them out there in East West Shrine game, which is where the like Falcons majority of their coaching staff will be because uh, they're coaching the East West Shrine game is Zay Flowers. Uh, Zay Flowers out of, uh, I think it's Boston College. And yep. like he's a guy who you're probably going to be able to get second, third round who could make for a very nice like wide receiver too, which is what you're looking for. Like, yep. you know, you need a wide receiver too. And because I think I agree with Millie Mills, like in the sense of like use the eighth pick for uh, Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy. I think I would love like a, a blue chip kind of guy. Uh, you know, my you know as a you know pass rush guy, but it's all going to be a lot of hinging on our next topic, which is like we still don't have a DC, right? Yeah. So it's really kind of hard to narrow down what kind of pass rusher we need or looking for, like depending on what kind of DC we bring in really like, yep. I get it. Uh, like Fred just put it up there. Uh, who do y'all think we get for DC? Well, we just found out today that they did uh, interview Ryan Nielsen uh, out of the saints, the D line coach and assistant head coach. Uh, <clears throat> so, they completed that interview. So now we know that they have completed an interview with Jerry Gray, Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, uh, Ryan Nielsen, and am I missing anybody? Uh, they requested uh, Jerry Gray. I said Jerry Gray. Jerry they Gray, uh, Flores, Fangio, and Nielsen Holcomb. Al Holcomb, Holcomb yeah. out of uh, Carolina. Yep. Uh, and so – and then they requested for Evera. Now, uh, obviously, like we just got a tweet out. Somebody said that that is it was Mike Garofalo from the NFL talking yeah. about uh, once he tweeted out about them interviewing Ryan Nielsen. They said they like, feel like the search is coming to a close. So hopefully they'll have somebody named, you know, before the start of the East West Shrine game, that like would, at least so that, that he could be, be out there. You know, and yeah. watching what's out there, or at least at the, uh, you know, uh, out at Mobile. So, right now, like, obvious choices are Fangio and Flores is who I want. But I feel like it's a Gray-Nielsen area. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Chris says, I'd rather get Nielsen. He has the ability to develop a D-line. That's what he's been. He's been a D-line coach everywhere he's been. Yep. Now, the question is <clears> – <throat> go ahead. Oh, I'll say this. Um, I, uh, I'll i say this. 
I wouldn't mind a D line coach simply because the mentality, you know, right. uh, the, the guy, you know, whatever it is that he does, their defensive line, most of the time is, is really good. Uh, like they get after it. They seem to find guys. Yeah. They, they've done the Sheldon Rankins and the, uh, you know, those other guys, but like they get guys coming out of nowhere. That's just like, they find guys right. that are really good defensive linemen. And it's like, why can't we do that? Like, what is it we're not that we don't see that they're seeing? Um, so yeah, I would absolutely love, uh, you know, Nielsen to come in and at the very least, if he does nothing else, get us somewhat of a you know a competent like uh, pass a, rush. Yeah, a consistent like being able to like consistently go at uh, the quarterback. Millie says, does he knows P system though? I don't think that that's a prerequisite. They talked about wanting a guy who runs a multiple front and yeah. or being a hybrid multiple defense. And I'll say this, like uh, Nielsen has spent the majority of his time underneath uh, Dennis Allen in the Saints organization, and that's a 4-3 team. Like, you know, so <clears throat> you know, you'd be kind of going back, maybe back to that, like four three front, Willie says, would Nielsen be a splash hire? No, no, not at all. No. He's an up and coming coach. Yep. Like if you want a coach that's going to be here for four or five years, like you got a better chance with Nielsen uh, or Gray than you really do with Fangio. Or uh, now you could say, oh well, Fangio may not want to be a head coach. Yeah, but Fangio is also like in his sixties. So you could like really end up with a, another DMP situation yep. where Fangio says, you know what? I'm getting too old for this. I don't feel like dealing with no young guys no more. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then That's, you left up. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, like what I was going to say is, you know, we may be, we may not, you know, as much as we want the Fangios and the Floreses and the Everos, for one, Evero probably going to be a head coach. Uh, same thing with Flores, probably going to be a head coach. But even if they weren't, if they weren't looking to be head coaches, problem is there's a good chance that, or there's a chance. I don't know how good, but there is a chance that Philadelphia is looking for a new DC. Right. That is a prime, prime position for whoever wants to be a DC to be DC, because you don't have to come in and build it. It's right. already there. You got the talent and all that stuff. Same thing in really in Minnesota. Same thing in Denver. Like right. they've there got are- the talent. There are like for a guy like Fangio, other than unless he is just looking for yet another challenge to build up another defense and cement his legacy as one of the premier like influencers in the league, like there's no reason for him to come here. Like legitimately. There's like there's just too much, like too like the cover is too bare in that scenario, you know, for him to uh, you know, come here and and start over again. Uh, so like Willie's saying, uh, so you're saying you know Fangio's a long shot. Depending, it's more depending on Fangio. Like I'm just glad that they went and talked to those guys. Like I'm glad that they put in a request to talk to Fangio and to talk to to Flores, because in years past it felt like that wouldn't have been something that we would have done. You know. Yeah. Um. 
Okay, yeah. I don't know. I've got some uh, – I don't know why it's acting like my signal ain't good. I'm hardwired in, so I don't know what the what the problem there is, but whatever. Wait, uh, it, 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 it sounds better now. I got you. No, it's all good. Um, But let's see. Bradley says, uh, I, for one, am tired of losing coordinators every couple of years. I would love for an up-and-comer uh, to build something here five to seven years uh, from a DC would be great. Yeah, that's – you know, and, and that's what you would probably get from uh, Nielsen. And plus, like, you know, if he's given his first shot, you know, to be a uh, DC, he might stick around for, for a while, for a little while before he starts getting, you know, potential head coaching nods. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, and, and it's, uh, yeah, so, you know, I was getting ready to say this uh, with his uh, comment here. Pittsburgh or Philadelphia were yeah. fortunate to have long-tenured DCs back in the day. Uh, you know, you just don't see that now. Like, right. you, you know, guys who are that successful with those def- – like, if you had guys that were that, that successful with those kind of defenses these days, they're around two years now they're head coaches. Those guys wanted they they were DCs because they wanted to be DCs. They had no aspirations of moving on to anything higher, um, and that's what they were for years and years and years. Um, that's just not again. That's that's why if we were going to pick, if we had our if we had our pick, like we literally had the three guys: uh, Evero, Flores, and Fangio. I would still pick Fangio because I think he's going to be here. It, I'm not saying he'll be here for 10 years, right? But he, I think he would be here for at least four to five years before either retiring or, you know, maybe this, the bug hits him and he wants to be a coach again, uh, a head coach. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's, and also if all of a sudden we turn this around and we're a winning uh, organization and we're going to the playoffs and all this other stuff, that's it. you're just going to lose coordinators. Yeah. You know, that's the reason why we went and got Arthur Smith so that we wouldn't lose our OC. Yeah, uh, they have to because they saw what kind of toll that took on on Ryan and the offense. Yeah. Uh, Bridget says, uh, "JR, I love how you uh, y'all read through the chat, keep your viewers involved. Not every podcast does that. Kudos to you guys, great show." Yeah, I mean that's that's what we built the show on. Like in, in, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways is is you know joining joining and having a conversation. Uh, you know, for a long time we ran, you know, with kind of like the tagline, the best place to get your opinion heard. And that's what, you know, we try to, you know, try to do. Um, and I think, I think Blizz 818 is trolling us, by the way. What, what, what does he do? Are we talking about fire Ragon and get, you keep Blizz, <laughs> Blizz. I love you, Blizz, a lot. But you keep Greg Roman out of Atlanta. And as far as like trading for, Mr. Uh, uh, Call of Duty, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Like, I hate to say it like this. Right now, uh, <clears throat> you know, Kyler Murray is, I'm going to run around until somebody comes open and chuck the ball. Like, that's what his offense, offensive mind is. And you see where that's taking Arizona. And you see where that's taking him. Like, a lot of people are going to put it on Cliff Kingsbury, and we're going to see. Because I tell you this, his offense looked more like an offense when Kyler Murray wasn't in there. I ain't saying it was successful, but at least it looked like it had structure. Oh yeah. So 
no, I'm good on Kyler Murray and Greg Roman. Yeah. Uh, no. You know, because Greg Roman, as I said earlier, all Greg Roman wants to do is run his QB into the ground. You know, and and that's like he did it with Tyrod Taylor. He did it with Colin Kaepernick. He did it with Lamar Jackson. Yep. Like, that's his game plan. Is I'm going to run quarterback power. This is what we're going to do. And like that's short and lifespan. Oh yeah. So, like like if 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 Lamar had not been under Roman for the first few years in his in the league, for one, he might not have gotten injured like he did. Uh he wouldn't have the rushing uh yardage, probably, but he'd be in a better spot offensively if he had uh, a much more uh you know non let's get my quarterback killed OC. <laughs> right. And plus like like you also can't get a uh, um you can't get wide receivers to play for Roman. That's why Hollywood Brown won out of there. Yep. That's why they can't get no receivers to sign in Baltimore. So yeah, no, I'm good on Roman. Uh, well, let's let's, see, let's, let's let's put it this way. Greg Roman is the uh Paul Johnson of uh NFL coaches. He, you know, generally is somewhat successful wherever he's at. He tends to get some wins and all that jazz. Problem is, you can't get the the wide receivers, at, you know, the, those those five star recruits at wide receiver because who's going to play wide receiver in a option offense? Right. You know, yep. uh, you're just not going to have it. So, Millie asked a question. Said, "Hey, do we hear about McKay uh, passing over the business side of the team, focusing more, uh, more like the business side?" And focusing more on the team, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, ah, good Lord, I didn't mean to hit that button. Like, I'm, I'm real wish washy on McKay. Uh, being like, basically, I view McKay as the owner's rep. I don't know how many of y'all have ever been in construction, uh, but you tend to have a guy who represents the owner, you know, in these meetings. And that's what I've always viewed McKay as, is that you have, you know, he, like Arthur Blank was realizing that he was not having a positive impact when he kept saying, like, I need these players to be Falcons for life. Like, it wasn't having a positive impact on a negotiation standpoint. And so, like, he took a step back. And when he took a step back, like, Rich McKay filled that void. Like, so... Arthur and Fontenot, like, answer to McKay, you know, and answer to McKay and blank. So for him to be more like, well, I'm going to take more, like, interest in the team side, less of the business side, I don't know. I don't know what that says. Maybe he just felt like he was better suited for the team side. Well, uh, so I, I look at McKay as, like, uh, McKay is Arthur Blank's consigliere. You know, he, uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he, he is, uh, yeah, use that five dollar yeah. word that I wasn't going to try. I know. Uh, he, he's the, he's the, he's the Don's uh, right-hand man. And right. so, uh, but look, you can say what you want about McKay, uh, you know, from his time as the actual, uh, general manager here. Uh, but the man has been around a long time. Uh, he's seen talent. He's built talent, you know, talent right. team. Yep. Uh, brought up he built the Super Bowl team yeah. before. So, so I mean, look, do all your decisions as a GM work out? No. Uh, oh, do you sometimes run into like, 
like times where like stretches where it seems like nothing works. Sure. Uh, I think Rich McKay is a really good football mind. Uh, and for anybody to try to say, like, I don't want him anywhere near this team. I don't want any input from him or anything like that. That's ludicrous to say he's, you know, he wouldn't be still in, uh, in a, uh, you know, executive position if he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, right. And, and also, y'all got to keep in mind, guys, McKay is also like on the cheers of, or like a chair of the rules commission. Like, we like, like, like as fans, we want somebody that we can blame. And we want somebody that we can point the finger at and say it's that guy's fault. And, you know, you, you push the buck up the hill. And, you know, for a lot of folks, it start, you know, stops with McKay. I've seen either, I've seen fans be like, oh, Blank needs to sell the team. You're not going to make him sell the team. So, so with that being said, um, I still think Fontenot and Smith are the ones making decisions. Yes. Like, you know, like McKay just has the oversight. Yeah. You know, well, and, be, and, like if, because if you're going to fire me for being GM, let me be GM. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And and, me, and I still think like I really do think that they that they have that that say, you know. Yeah. Uh it may be like a deal where if you know, if we do say get a uh package together and to get a Lamar, like it might be a McKay that checks off on and signs off on it. Just like yep. it would be the owner who signs off on it, you know, making a big trade. You know, it, it could be a deal, uh, you know, it could be a deal where, you know, you, you know, Fontenot gets the package together, gets the okay that Baltimore will accept it, but then is like, all right, look, this is what we got, you know, pull the trigger or not, so to speak. Uh, but no, I don't, right now I'm okay with McKay, so to speak. Um, let's see, Willie Doc appreciated your analogy with uh, Greg Roman and Paul Johnson. Blizz uh, asks, who will hire DQ? Uh, I think it is Denver or nothing for Dan Quinn. Yep. I think I, it I, comes I, down. I think it comes down to if Denver can get Sean Payton, they'll hire Sean Payton. If yep. they can't get Sean Payton, they'll hire Dan Quinn. I think that's yep. I think that's their two finalists. Uh, Willie also asks, who wins this weekend? P for P and Y. Uh, I don't know. That's gonna that might ruin my short. I guess if we could give y'all the the inside scoop. Uh, yep. I don't know. I, I'm having a tough time with KC and and Bengals. Like I could see the Bengals winning, especially if Mahomes' ankle is like worse off than we than I think. You know. Mm-hmm. But I could easily see. I could easily see Kansas City like Mahomes, cortisone shotting it up and going out there and like wrecking face. And yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think Cincinnati wins. Cause I think right. that defense right now is playing probably some of the best defense in the NFL right now. Uh, along with Philly and uh, San Francisco. I think those are the three best, like, you know, on paper, pound for pound, I think those are the three best defenses left in the uh, in the NFL. Right. right. Uh, I think Kansas City has a good defense. I don't think that defense is 
quite up there with those three defenses. Right. Uh, Mahomes could absolutely make me eat crow on that and pull a Superman cape out from under his shirt and <laughs> you know, do some crazy stuff. And Andy Reid, look, Andy Reid's a smart guy. Andy Reid has to be looking at that tape from the last couple of weeks, and and you know he's a smart enough guy to to be able to come up with counters to what they do. Now, can Cincinnati yep. counter the counter? That's we'll that's see. the game within the game, right? Right. And then, uh, so so I I but I th- I think I think that Cincinnati's probably going to win on the AFC side. Moving over to the NFC side, ah. <clears throat> uh, I keep saying it. Eventually, the fact that Brock Purdy is a seventh round rookie is going to show up. <laughs> um, we'll eventually, I I don't know, but uh, this will be a tough test. Like the offense did not look great against you know Dallas. Like they did just enough. But it, and, but is but again but again is that because the offense is that bad or was was like Dallas's defense? No, when it's on, when it's, on like, it's on. Right, and and you're facing yet another stout defense yep. that may be even more sound than Dallas's defense, like all the levels, you know, and they're and they're much deeper, right? So it's going to be like I, I my the tip of the hat right now goes to Philly for me, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I think I think Philly just because I think they have an overall better team. An overall more stacked team. That's okay. Yeah, that's just yeah. Okay, the, the, that's a perfectly valid pick. I, I'm <laughs> I'm going to go with San Francisco. I think ah. their defense. I think their defense is better. Uh, I think their defense is hands down the best defense in the NFL right now. Uh, it, it is very you know you've got Bosa, you've got Warner, Warner, you've got uh, Jimmy Ward, you've got the spine of that defense. Is good to go. You got uh, Eric Armstead. You got those. You know, you got all those guys in the middle. Philadelphia's got them too. Uh, yeah. I, but I also think that uh, I have seen Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts get shut down, even when they had all their guys, uh, like have that offense shut down because that offense is really good when they can get the RPO game going. Right. Like if they can get if they can get the running game going by itself, that opens up everything else, right? Uh, now they're going to go up against not you know not just the number one defense, obviously, but it's the number one defense, and they are the best team against the run in the league. Right. Like, so can they? You know, they've got a really good offense, <laughs> but I think San Francisco's defense is going to be up to the task. Uh, I think that they'll be able to shut down the run if the RPO game doesn't have the isn't being propped up by the running game then uh those easy little those easy little slant passes that they do because they have the guys that if you can get them the ball on the slants they can really gash you for long you know they get a lot of yak um i'll say this though for all of our conspiracy theorists tinfoil hat wearing folks brock purdy in the super bowl is a far better story than philly going back like yep. I just I just leave it at that for all you people who think that the NFL is rigged and there's some validity well, to that in certain aspects. Uh yeah. Like that is a storyline that that makes the two week run up to the Super Bowl like 
amazing, especially with yeah. in a year when there is a, uh, you know, the year when they had, uh, you know, you got Tom Brady potentially like riding off in the sunset, or at least like you have a major change of the guard going on with, you know, uh, Brady and with Rogers and even with Ryan. And like, you have this old guard that is like finishing up. Now you have the potentially new Brady coming in, uh, you know, with a seventh round guy like Brock Purdy. It's uh, yeah. So it would be, uh, um, yeah, I was thinking about that today. Well, so like in Brock Purdy, the, the thing that like, it just hit me the other day, like, the last guy that I could think, obviously he wasn't he wasn't Mister Irrelevant, right? But the last guy that that kind of really surprised because I didn't know who I didn't know who he was when he got drafted. I heard the name and I was like, who? What? Uh, ben Roethlisberger. That guy came in and like didn't lose his first like ten games or something like that. Uh, he wasn't the focus point. He was right. he was basically okay. Brock Purdy. He was like just get get the ball to you guys. Uh, but he was also a guy that like. Full-grown linebackers were oh, yeah, bouncing off yeah, of. Right. Uh, yep. It was it, it was crazy, but yeah, he was like the last guy I remember that just came in and was like ripped off, you know, a bunch of wins in a row to start his NFL career was was Roethlisberger. I think he the the game that he came in as a as the like because maybe the starter got hurt or something like that. I think they lost that game, but then. After that, they he he was the starter, and for every game he started after that, until they lost, I think they lost in the playoffs sometime. I can't remember for sure, but he uh, but he ripped off like eight, nine, ten wins in a row, and everybody's like, "Holy big, yep, yep, yeah." Um, so Jay, like that's what that's what he makes. That's what he reminds me of. Jay Black says, uh, "Stop making sense, Jr." <laughs> I'm just saying. Nope, look at no, the end of the day. I, at the end of the day, the one thing I can count on is like billion dollar businesses wanting to make more billion dollars you know and yeah. if they think like if there is a like you know because blizz says uh the nfl doesn't even try to hide it it's rigged if that's the case it is a far better storyline to be selling uh mr irrelevant in the super bowl uh than it is you know philly going back for a second time in what five years or whatever it is yep. um so that's just you know my take on that and I and I think I think Kyle Shanahan, uh, as much as I hate him for what he did to us in 2016, um, you know, like the I think Kyle Shanahan is is like one of the best coaches in the NFL. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, you know, like I, like he's I got think, an ego the size of of Mount Everest, but yeah, like like play calling. Yeah, I mean, except for like Bliss says, you know, when it gets gets you know too pass happy, uh, sometimes he'll you know. It is what it is. On well, it, so in in that Super Bowl, the, the problem wasn't being passed that because I, I want to say like when I've I've gone back and looked at this a little bit, like he basically just ran the offense as normal in the second half. The biggest problem was you want to do that. That's cool. I got no problem with that. Uh, but take the 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 play clock down. Yeah, that yeah. was his problem. He, we were snapping the ball with like 15, 20 seconds right. left on the. Play there clock. was there was no there was no like gaming it. He was. He was doing what got him there, which was being an aggressive. And I am not going to sit here and try to, to not say that it's not a good thing. Um, now, he sh- he should have let that play clock run down. Right like, now, we, Chris we brings up we should have done that. Chris brings up an interesting point that we're going to have to get into one day, not today because we're 
already past an hour, so we need to start wrapping this thing up. He says, if Purdy goes, uh, we can kick the tires on a Trey Lance trade. There was a rumor floating around that that you might be able to get Trey Lance for as low as the third-round pick. If it's the third-round pick, bro, I'll throw him in the mix with Ritter. Straight up yep. and down. All day long, I'll throw him in the mix with Ritter if all it's going to cost me is a third. I'll yep. do it, and I won't be upset one way or the other and let the chips fall where they may in that situation. One of them can be the backup. But if if you get Trey Lance for a third, yeah, because you you can tell to me all you want to, but that's who they were going to draft. I am convinced that Trey Lance was who they were going to draft in uh, the year Pitts, that we drafted Pitts, and that's why Shaney had to jump us. So – now, again, I just said Shaney has a huge ego, and if Trey Lance got, came in and then rubbed him the wrong way, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if he was like, I'm sticking with Mr. Irrelevant so y'all can point at me, Shaney, saying I'm the one that did this, not the high draft pick. Yep. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, I think we're just going to wrap, wrap this thing up. wonder if I can get uh, any of the banners on, maybe. Bam. There it is. Check him out. He's got it. As always, y'all can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Grim1128, G-R-I-M-M-1128. Jonathan? It is Jonathan M. Holder. That's for, that's for Willie. He said he that's likes it. my uh, my horn. There you so, go. And, uh, there you go, Willie. Like I said before, I'm heading down to Mobile on Tuesday. If anybody wants to like help out on GasWise, the Cash App is Grim, spelled the exact same way, Grim J-R-C. If you want to. If not, no harm, no foul. I'm going to be down there regardless. Um, but any little bit will be you know, be nice. Uh, keep your eye on the channel. Like I said, we will have a, uh, like a little preview of the All-Star Games coming up, who you should be watching out for, who you should be YouTubing, Googling, watching some highlight films, that, that kind of stuff, and uh, who I'm going to have my eye on when I am down in Mobile next week. Uh, Jonathan, you got anything to add, brother? No, man, just uh, good luck, uh, you know, have fun in Mobile next week. And uh, I'm, you know, hopefully we get uh, this Sunday, we have two great games. Uh, Oh, man, yeah. That's what what I'm hoping for. I mean, that San Francisco-Philly game ought to be be good. Yeah, I really want want some good, like, nail biters. I want a good day of football. All right, folks, as always, Falcons fans, rise up. Rise up.